What's going on, guys? And welcome back to this week's episode of the Let's Just Talk podcast. This is going to be weird. So um, if you followed my stories well before this podcast came out, uh, you would have known that I had a very quick trip into Melbourne. You can make noise, mate. Just go for it. Don't stress about it. Um, You'll know that I made a quick trip into Melbourne for my best mate's 40th birthday. We surprised him. You will have seen that video footage. Surprised to you. I actually listened to the podcast. I knew you were coming. Oh, shit. Did I say on the podcast? No, I didn't. You I'm just sure said if you listen to the Well, podcast. yes, I guess we're in the past and in the future, so uh, yes, I like how you do it. Um, Glenn, first and foremost, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Matthew, first and foremost, welcome to the podcast. Actually, no, this is your third time on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're a repeat. Uh, repeat I'm, offender. Repeat offender. I am going to pull you up instantly and say bring your mouth much closer to the mic when you need to talk. Get some ASMR. <laughs> Um, guys, I have no idea what this podcast is actually going to be about or what we're going to do. Glenn is feeling very awkward about it. It's his very first, but I, I thought let's what come and do, if say again, a podcast, I may as well podcast with you, Adam. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate the fact that you actually listen to my podcast as well. So that's, uh, that's, that's good. <laughs> um, but this, um, I thought would be a very interesting gift because, um, we'll get, Oh, look at that. We're, um, we're actually just um, getting some red wine poured for us. I thought the best way to kind of loosen these two guys up to make it a little bit easier to be on a podcast is just get them liquored as much as I possibly can. We have the studio for four hours. We've got two bottle, uh, two hours and we've got two <laughs> bottles. <laughs> we're here until Tuesday. Good God. <laughs> and we've got two bottles of red wine um, to get through, so I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll polish them off pretty easy. Well, when I say we will, I don't drink, so the boys will. So to gentlemen... Cheers. Happy birthday. Good to get you together again. Cheers. Um, I thought what we could do to try and just ice break this podcast, make it easy, try and have some easy topics, I thought we'd talk about abortion first off. <laughs> that was my Adam, bad no, attempt, of, my no, bad attempt no, of a joke. No, but no. what I, <laughs> I did actually write down some things while I was on the plane flight over today that I thought we could talk about. And I thought the easiest thing to kind of spark memories and spark conversation is memories of 30 years worth of friendship. And two come to mind for me with you, Glenn. And number one, I couldn't remember the exact year as I was kind of relaying this to Ames the other night. I think you might have just broken up with Cassie. If you can remember that name from a very long time ago. That's a long time ago, yes. (laughs) There was a bottle of Cougar bourbon that was involved and there was also an episode of the footy show on a Thursday night. And a flaming uh, tissue. Yes. And so <laughs> the first memory that comes to mind that kind of really sticks out in mind is that I said, I think it was around the time of a breakup. It might not have been, I, I don't know, but there was a reason why it was a midweek that we were coming around for a drink. And because it was Wednesday. Mm. Yeah. And we bought Cougar Bourbon. A full bottle. (laughs) It was horrible (laughs) shit, that stuff. But we started watching the footy show and then I completely black out. I can't remember anything else that happened that night. We wake up the next morning. Luckily, we're still in clothes. We're not sharing a bed, so that was good. (laughs) But the thing that stood out the most was the fact that there was a tissue on the floor that was burnt, clearly had been lit by something I don't have matches. I don't have a cigarette lighter. We were at my mum and dad's house because I was still living at home at that point. Do you remember that entire event? I remember the event. 
and I would put my money on you lighting the paper because I don't think I would have been capable. <laughs> That's probably a fair call, but I was saying this to Ames last night. I was like, why the hell would we have been lighting something? We're probably cold or something. <laughs> Just starting a bonfire in the middle of my parents' uh, family room home. There, yeah. was, there was a poltergeist in that house. There was. I have had a story of uh, watching Charlie Chaplin come up the... Uh, and the painting. And the painting fell mm. off on mum and dad's so house. Clearly the ghost lit the tissue on fire. That is possible. It was a warning, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we clearly didn't see the warning, so they stay there for many years. But that's my first memory of kind of our friendship. And as I said, we've been through a, a lot of things, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, but that was one of the main things that stood out. But there's two things that actually remind me of you being a really best mate of mine for the years that have come past. Number one, Thailand. Yes. Where I went on a journey through the jungles of the Thai forest after having a very bad trip on mushrooms. Yes. Thinking I was part of the Thai army. You, yeah, checked, that <laughs> you checked that entire mountain until it went pitch black and you went home. And I'll never forget the look on your face of absolute anger, but thank fuck he hasn't killed himself. Well, you do realise that I would have been the one making the call had we not found you. <laughs> It's true and I'm, I apologise that I put you through that. But that Thailand trip I think was because we went with your brother. Mm -hmm. I think that was the third time or the second time. Yeah, third time I had been there, the third time I've done mushrooms and the only time I've <laughs> had a bad trip on. <laughs> but that was, that was a as I said, I fell into a fetal position <laughs> in the bathroom you did after that but the fact that you came in you took care of me even regardless of how fucked up that whole situation was and so I thank you for that and number two knowing how awkward these kinds of situations are for you talking in public talking about things whatever it might be the fact that you got up in front of our wedding as my best man for that wedding and <laughs> delivered probably everyone says that their best man has the best speech ever but I think one of the greatest speeches of all time that have been given. I still have that speech because you gave it I to me. It to you. you sent it to me. <laughs> and thank you for throwing me in the absolute <laughs> trash in telling my wife after hiding from her for years the fact that I had had a cleaner come in and cleaning the house. <laughs> I still think that's gold. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few truths that came out in that speech. There was, was yeah. Was I let your old man and your mum in on a few secrets as well, I think. <laughs> Do you want to share the um, the car secret? The car secret, yes. So this is actually probably more well, Matthew's Yeah, I was going to really. say, I actually wasn't there, so I'm probably not the best person to talk about it, but I was there in the aftermath when you had a certain knock on the door there from was. a man in blue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can we get in trouble post-event now? Nah. Or if we can, nah. It's not me. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I think the three of us technically didn't do anything wrong or illegal. That like is that. fair. We, we were just caught up in the wake. We of were there. Of chaotic teenage activity. And that was the actual story I gave <laughs> the police officer, much to my father who knew exactly that I was lying every single cent of the way. And to your terminology that you brought up in that wedding, just laying a little bit of mayonnaise on the situation. <laughs> just a tad, yeah. <laughs> That's unusual for you though. <laughs> To lay some mayo yeah. or to get yeah. in trouble? No, to lay some mayo. <laughs> <laughs> Laying mayo and being a tight ass, I think, are probably the two most things that I'm known for. They're, they're the constants. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're the kind of things that come to mind um, 
we've been lucky enough to also travel to the States. That was a, a, a great time. fun trip as well. But um, I just kind of, as we were kind of talking about this in the car on the way here, is that we've all now turned 40. Not yet. Yeah, you're next week. Yeah, you're not actually 40. But by the time this comes I'm out, hang, you will be I'm 40. on to it. <laughs> um, we've basically had 30 years of friendship. We've basically been 20 years out of school and you longer than all of us, but we've kind of had kids for almost 10 years. So I thought it was a pretty cool moment to just kind of stamp it in in time and whether, what are we now? I don't know. It says eight and a half minutes in. If everyone's already clocked off, I completely understand because <laughs> you might not want to actually hear this conversation. But I thought we'll just sit down and just chew the fat for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, I, an hour, two hours. I actually do struggle to get to sleep often, so this might put me to sleep. <laughs> Listen, to this. Listen to the dulcery yeah. tones of uh, This might be my new method. The new lullaby. Yeah. But I guess I'll ask a question, pass it around the table. Matthew, any memories that come to mind of keep, 30 years keep of friendship? Keep it clean. Don't keep it clean. <laughs> There's a, a oh, there's a lot of memories. Where do you start with the clean ones? I suppose. Um, no, I'll go last. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sifting through the 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 cardex system of memories and trying to go back as far as possible. I'm, I'm, I think my earliest memory would be probably in year seven and we were probably the two youngest littlest kids <laughs> in year seven and felt fairly well, out of three place. of us for that matter yeah yes yeah none of us had beards no <laughs> <laughs> none of us were six foot but um yeah i, I don't know probably i, I think the three of us formed a friendship fairly quickly. Um, yeah, Highvale was a funny place, a lot of different personalities, but I think the three of us gravitated to each other fairly quickly on the sidelines of um, what was that ridiculous game that was half soccer, half Oswald. Oswald. that's it. <laughs> Probably not the kind of terms that you'd use these days, but it was a mixture of AFL and soccer. Yeah. I don't know how people stayed out of hospital, but I, the, we didn't play because obviously we were weak. <laughs> because we were weak, <laughs> is that what saying? We got smashed to pieces. <laughs> so uh, I do recall standing on the sidelines watching people absolutely trash each other in those old metal um, soccer goals or whatever they were, mm. injuring themselves and walking back to class with their shirts off and we were standing around going, this is, this is fun to watch but I don't really want to get involved. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably my earliest memory. Um, but let me think of something interesting that's clean and then come back to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Kenzie, anything that comes to mind of the th past 30 years? I think um, probably some of the, the most enjoyable and I suppose vivid memories I have are correlated with both you guys because mm. we, like I suppose all young adults, we liked our cars and we used to, to get up to some mischief Nothing too serious, but a little bit of mischief. But um, obviously, Adam, you and I used to do a fair bit of unlicensed driving <laughs> whilst we were 17 because we lived just around the corner from one another. That usually entailed us getting in the car and driving to the fish and chip shop and getting some, <laughs> some lunch, which was fairly harmful, harmless, I should say. But And here's one for the inflation kind of cost of living. We should have kept all those cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but can you remember how much, like, a small chips and a potato cake was? Uh, no, not really, but it's oh. a lot less than it is now, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm going to say chips were like two bucks for like a, a 
a small pack, which was like huge, mm. and fifty cents for a yeah, no a doubt. Dim sum like two dollars fifty. There's lunch and and if you weren't that hungry, dinner served mm. as well. Mm. Whereas yeah, God knows what a and especially what's the trendy places of fish and chips? What's that one in Port Melbourne that? Um, oh yeah, oh. we actually walked past it the other week trying to find somewhere to buy beer. Oh, what's it called? I even know the owner. Hunky Dory. Hunky Dory's, that's the one. Isn't it Rex Hunt's? Isn't it? Rex Hunt? Yeah. Oh, he owns it? it. Doesn't he own it? No, Could maybe do. not. Possibly. I don't know. Okay. I, I know we, we trained one of the owners. It definitely wasn't Rex Hunt. That but could be a long time ago. Yeah, it was a while ago, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he sold it on, so. Yeah, so that's probably one of the, the memories with you, Adam. Also, we used to have our... Um, our cut certain tracks that we would drive around um, pretending we were racing car drivers, which was interesting. The loop. Through the chicanes in Borg Crescent and the loop, as you mentioned. The, the other one that I think is really funny in relation to cars with you, which cracks me up to this day and goes towards what some of the things that you've been talking about previously is you had the envious position whereby you were able to use your father's car. <laughs> That still had the plastic on the, the side of the doors, mind you, because he was protecting the interior, that you <laughs> decided that it was a good idea that you would allow some of your friends a visit or a trip in the car to university that your father paid the fuel for or he had a fuel card or whatever yeah, the arrangement yep. was. Nonetheless, even though you were giving your friends a very good gesture in relation to them using a trip to the to uni in your car, you still managed to charge them for the pleasure, which I thought was <laughs> great. 20 bucks a week for fuel. And I actually said it was for, for fuel. For fuel that you did not that pay I for. That I didn't have yeah. to pay for. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was for fuel. It was just that yeah. the fuel was going in your car, not yeah. your father's yes, car. Yes, absolutely. I would fill my own car up, which, mind you, Dad would always fill my car up with fuel because he would use it for work. Well, so you're double dipping. Double dipping. Yeah. yeah. Triple dipping. Triple dipping, yeah. <laughs> uh, triple dipper. <laughs> and that, I can't, what was that car? Lexus. No, no, the one before that. Oh, uh, the Daewoo Leganza. Yes, that was very quick down the loop, just, just mm. quietly. But it was a good manual front, too. Manual front wheel yeah. drive mm. that, um, yeah, I first went to school and I was able to convince, fuck, I was a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I was able to convince that entire uni for a little while anyway that that Lexus was mine. <laughs> And <laughs> mayonnaise, anyone? <laughs> and I can definitely say without a shadow of a doubt that it helped me pick up a few girls in university <laughs> the fact that I owned a Lexus. Cruising around in a Lexus. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, I'm struggling with the VL. <laughs> You're struggling with the Tirana. The Tirana was not a chick. <laughs> a second Tirana. It was a chick repellent. That yeah. might have just been my personality, but who knows. <laughs> and there's many car-related journeys with you, Matt, but... Probably the one that sticks to mind for me was uh, one time, I don't know, probably coming home from some party at Warriors football ground or something. <laughs> and we were driving probably too fast down Cathy's Lane. Oh, memories. Yeah, yes. Well, when yeah, I say we, you were driving gravel, too fast. Yes. It was a gravel road, yeah. Yep. Was Cathy's Lane's gravel at one point, was it? If you turned left off High Street heading towards Knox, it was a gravel track around there. And if you turned right, it was gravel where that bridge, it was gravel where the bridge was. Um, oh, right. Yeah. yeah, so we were on the gravel part and we were travelling probably a little bit too fast in hindsight. 
and we tried to take the corner, but we did not take the corner and ended up at the embankment. We didn't didn't make it. No. What? No. <laughs> so I, I don't a, know about this. <laughs> no, it was well, it was actually quite harmless in the end, but it was pretty scary. It was no no damage. Yeah, we just went off the edge of the gravel road and went down into the embankment. Mm. And, um, yeah, it didn't didn't damage anything, but um, just reversed back and yeah, got the we're on our way. Got the heart rate up. <laughs> yeah. And the other one was the um, your dad's Camry. Hopefully your dad's not listening. Yeah, uh, when more, when we lost the brakes and we were uh, going, going through the loop, through yeah. the loop, yes, yes, and across the, the road into the ditch, the brakes failed and we went straight across that intersection. Yeah, that could have been catastrophic. It could have been. We were actually. I think we were very lucky to yes. get away with what we did when we were in our early 20s. I'm not suggesting that they were the most smart things to do, but they are vivid memories Memorable, nonetheless. Yes, because we survived. Yes. <laughs> I think that uh, it doesn't get said enough. I think as parents we sit there and try and raise kids just to the point where like as toddlers you're always just hoping they don't kill themselves on a monkey bar or something like that and you're teaching them enough skills that when they turn 18 they go on their own, that they don't go and kill themselves elsewhere. But... I mean, we've got stories of people who it didn't go so well with mm. and they mm. either had massive accidents themselves or caused accidents elsewhere. And I don't know, I, I'm hoping that I can let the reins go on my girls a little bit and I don't kind of just try and hang on to them too tightly because... It's a frightening thought, isn't it? It is it's a frightening like, thought. And what cars are they going to get in? Who are they going to be in the car with? And what? Are, I mean, do we even have cars in 10 years' time? Are they all self-driving Teslas, who knows? But if I do have to be the one teaching my daughter how to drive or whatnot, I don't know. Like it's, it's a roll of the dice. But can only imagine what our parents were going through while we were out mm. on our peas. <laughs> but to that point, I while we might have been idiots at times, that's not a we. That is Matt just pouring more red wine. <laughs> um, I think there's being really stupid and then there's kind of controlled stupid patrolled stupid i was going to say educated controlled. stupid but i'll say control yeah I'll, I'll use your controlled stupid in that i think i'll say in hindsight at least and i'll speak for myself here and i'm pretty sure you guys do the same that we kind of knew where too far was yeah like i, well, I maybe not him <laughs> well you did roll a car I, you I, did. I, I met too far yeah I met too, too far a couple of times but even it too didn't, it didn't roll <laughs> Technicality. <laughs> but even to that point, like where you did have that accident with the first Tirana, it was in a very closed situation. It wasn't at massive you, speed. It wasn't like what happened. Yeah. But I mean, yes, but you're not doing two hundred kilometers an hour on the opposite side of the road on a country road where you could clean up a tree and that's done. No. Like no. you it caused a lot of damage. Could have been a lot worse though. I but was yeah. very, very, very lucky to get out of that the way that I did. It, um, yeah, it could have it could have been catastrophic. You're doing something stupid like that. If you're doing something stupid at the wrong time and there is someone else on the road or someone walking their dog or whatever it could be, it, um, yeah, it, it's it's something that could have been far worse than just damaged motor cars, mm. all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still cry about that first run or is it's, it's done and gone? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel like it's that far in the past now. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's a pretty faded memory these days. I don't, um, 
I don't. Yeah, I don't. You don't probably miss have it, uh, don't more it. more thoughts about the second one. Yeah, Un- the, unfinished business. Yeah, there's probably a bit of unfinished business with the green car. Um, why did you give that eye? Not get. Why, why did you sell it? Uh, I just hit a point where I was so focused on career that I didn't have the time, the energy, the desire, or the cash to to finish the car off. Um, and it was just sitting there collecting dust and it was getting to the point where I was doing bits and pieces to, to fix it. Um, but the things that I were doing, I was just finding more problems because it had sat for 10 or 11 years or whatever it was. So it, it was just time to sort of cut ties. It had gone up in value significantly. So it was time to sort of step away from it and just focus on, on the career, just threw all my eggs into the career basket at, at that point in time. It would have been about 2000 and. 15, I think, like early 2015 I sold it. Did it have to be sold to kind of have some cash to keep you going or could you have just had it sit there and go, well, fuck, 15 years from time when I've really done my business kind of time, I can get back to it then and I'll worry about the, like, is that a thought or yeah, I, seeing I, it sit there unfinished was I, too yeah, much? <laughs> I, I didn't have to sell it. It was more just to, to put a bit of extra cash in the bank and, and, and I just completely had lost interest in, in working on it. It needed, it needed still a fair bit of stuff done to it and I just did not have the, the energy or the desire every time I went out there to work on it. Something it shouldn't be a chore. It was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It became more a chore than a, a pleasure and it was just, it was, yeah, just draining at me and, and it was at mum and dad's house as well in their garage so it was occupying a bit of space in, in their in their backyard. So I thought if it was gone, it fixes that problem, puts a bit of money in the bank and then I don't have to stress about going out there and breaking bolts on it because it sat for so long and they've rusted and whatever. So it was Ironically just, now Terry's storing his trailer at your house. He Yes, yeah, yeah. I thought I'd return the favour. <laughs> yeah, you'd be rough to say no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, sorry, Dad. <laughs> uh, there was one point in time where Tim and I had a few cars I think there were about eight or nine cars at that house in Glenway. It's like the day. castle when they you get it. <laughs> Move the Tirana to get the Camaro out, to get the, the Kingswood out. Yeah, it was um it was a it was uh not not ideal. Vic Road certainly got their fair share out of one jousting place. They did. <laughs> <laughs> um another reason why I wanted to kind of have this chat as well today, and we were spoke speaking about it on the phone the other day. We we're doing final kind of put together for this trip to come over, the deceitful uh, trip that we've planned, is for lack of a better word, kind of secret men's business. (laughs) And that's it's a weird kind of way to kind of introduce that. But what I mean by it is that... Put your pants back on. I was going to say, where's this going? I'm just getting a bit hot in here. (laughs) But I just don't think men these days speak enough, whether it's friendships just talking like as we are now or kind of my wife would argue that I probably speak too much at home. <laughs> I think he means to each other. Oh, yeah. right, got it. <laughs> well, that but also, I mean, we all probably talk a little bit too much but do we just kind of talk just for the sake of talking and not actually bring up the shit that we should, probably should be talking about kind of thing? And, again, you guys can. Are you going to make me cry? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hoped I would have with the story of the wedding, but you you were pretty stone cold on no, it. No, so no, no. It was, I'm just letting it build up inside. <laughs> um, but I kind of wanted to share with you guys, and again, you guys don't have to. You can feel free to kind of feed off my own story and have your own two cents with it as you please. But I think I've seen you guys more having moved to WA than I was when I was living in Victoria. 
quite possibly. Yeah. yeah. It's a well, fair call. not obviously through certain aspects of our or periods of our life, yes. Yes. I, I'd yeah. say in the last five, six years when we've all started having kids and careers and businesses and things like that are taken off and doing what they're doing, we were an hour away from each other at the absolute most kind of thing. And everyone does it. We don't make time. Time isn't there. There's other priorities in life and they're all completely um, fine to be as other priorities. But the fact that we are so far apart now, like we make like those weekends kind of really yeah, purposeful. It's a con- conscious effort, yeah. But I, I certainly have made a conscious effort this year to try and make myself more involved with Amelia's school and the men's group there because I've shared this on this podcast before and with my wife many times, but it's got very lonely and isolating being in WA, especially for the fact that I don't really have any in-person clients anymore and we were just sharing this in the car before. I kind of don't work anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I have a bit of work on the side. Amy is going absolute gangbusters in her career and that was the whole reason why we moved to WA is like, Obviously, I had my business for nearly 15 years in Melbourne. It was a bricks and mortar. I had a clinic. I had staff. I had a team. I had clients and had built that network up over 15 years. I was very proud of all that, but I kind of at that point was almost done anyway. It's like I needed something different. COVID for me came around at the perfect time. It was like, okay, cool. I'll move everything online. I've been wanting to do this online thing for a little while. COVID just kept on going and going. I was like, all right. I'm, I'm over this, let's get out of here. And that was an opportunity for Amy to get back into mining, which she never thought she'd ever be able to do. I saw her soul being absolutely drained by working in finance. She hated it. And I remember the conversation very clearly. And I said, Ames, do you want to get back into mining? And it was just this lightning bolt that went, I was like, what? I was like, well, I'm not open in the clinic again. My online business was going amazing at the time. I was like, I'm earning more money than I ever did with the clinic with no overheads anymore. And I've got ultimate flexibility let's just me take my computer to wa and let's go and she's like but our whole life is here like 30 plus years of our life is here all my parents all my parents all all of (laughs) our parents our friends our family everything was here and i said we'll make it work like you clearly hate what you're doing at um the finance job let's just let's just oh let's just um let's just let's just go for it let's give it a crack let's see uh what we can uh, what we can make and this is now your opportunity to have a crack at your career like you've very selflessly allowed me to do anything i've wanted for the last 15 years like if i had a business idea and i needed to spend some of our our savings um i wrote the book that cost a bucket load of money and that was amy who kind of got that across the line and said yep let's make this work and all these opportunities i had was because amy had given that and so i wanted to kind of give back to her and see what she could make of her career and just get her out of finance because she hated and so she's going absolutely gangbusters now and she just got promoted yet again which has meant as she continues to earn more money i don't have to kind of work (laughs) um and it leads into a different conversation and i I'm not saying this to piss people off. I'm really not. But I honestly think that if your kids are of age where they're at school and daycare, I'm not saying those who are still at home and still very young, but being a stay-at-home parent is the easiest job in the world. Ooh, that is controversial. And people can sit there and argue, and I'm more than happy to kind of come in and you guys say what you want because you've both got kids as well, but 
you might not have well, been also in the situation. Both got whites that probably would not agree with that comment. <laughs> but I now it's a pretty big blanket because. But let if, let me let me finish if, the thought first. If if your kids might require a little bit more, if your kids require a little bit more attention than maybe other kids or whatever, or, or you know, there's you know, if, in a perfect world where everything's lined up, you live two minutes from school and and you've got transport, access, money, all those things. It may be, but I don't think for everyone. I think that's a big blanket to throw it, over it. It is a big blanket, but let me finish the thought for a, for a second just to... Sorry. No, 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 not at all. And that's... I'm glad that we're finally starting to loosen them. Maybe the wine's starting to kick in and it's not kind of... <laughs> what wine? What wine? <laughs> the first bottle's almost gone <laughs> and we're only well, half an hour in. We're, we're kind of there. Um, I say that purely because, and I remember hearing a conversation on a podcast I heard the other day, is that... I don't want to take away from the fact that being a stay-at-home parent and there's various kinds of that. And what I mean by that is that if you're a single parent and I I am a single parent half of the time but I know Amy's coming home. Yeah. So I know that there's an end to my kind of struggle of kind of taking care of these kids myself. But if you've got the means to, which Amy and I are lucky enough that we do, that we've got daycare and we can put our kids in daycare Amelia's obviously old enough, she's at school now. And so it's chaos in the morning, it's chaos at night as everyone's family is and everyone who's got young kids will testify, the kind of getting to bed and the, the dinner and the getting up and all those kinds of things. But between that, I've got 10 hours or eight hours between when the girls are at daycare and come home kind of thing. And so there's a lot of time that I'm given in my life that a lot of people don't who have to go to work. And I say hard and there's different meanings to hard and I understand that. But if we compare a job to working the mines and digging away or I don't know, like I've gone blank of like some really... Something easy. Yeah, really tough jobs out there that require a lot of physical effort Mm. as well as mental capacity, whether you're a CEO Big man, like big, you've got massive responsibilities. Of Glenn, you were just talking that like you're now project managing people and projects and things like that. Matt, you're a few years now into starting your business, but the the grind of running a business and the kind of things that come with that, I will I will firmly sit there and say those grinds far outweigh the difficulties it is of having kids as a stay at home parent. Because, and this is the point I wanted to get to. The Please fucking... dig yourself out of this hole. <laughs> See, I, I, I don't think yeah. I'm in a hole, but I, that's fine if people think I am. But oh, we've because... actually got a caller ringing <laughs> with, a, with a complaint. <laughs> the reason I say all of that is because the reward of the the love and the, the the stuff that you get from kids far outweighs any difficulty that comes from being at work and being away from the kids. Mm. If that kind of makes sense, and mm. so. I, again, I've been lucky enough that Amy's in a place where now she's earning very good money and I can take a big step back from having to earn and work. Do we ask how much? Or yeah. Is that inappropriate? <laughs> we wanted to air everything. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Hit pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's well above the average wage of Australians, I can say. But And it, we've always said, and we've always said, Amy and I, have, we know, and we've always done this, and I've always been a kind of reverse engineer. Like what do I need in life? Now work backwards from that to get to that point. And I, I've always worked that way, whether it's business, whether it's adventures in life, whether it's love. Oh, and The Lamborghini. The Lamborghini. I know the steps to get there. 
I've got a weird one about it and I'm not oh, – we might talk about it later, but is I, it, I know it, an exact pathway of how I'm going to get that. Is it Amy earning more? No. It actually has nothing to do <laughs> okay, with Amy. Okay, sorry. I thought we'd better. Um, but working backwards on that, Amy and I know what our household income needs to be. And backwards from that, there comes the second bottle. Um, backwards from that, we now know what our household income needs to be to fill those gaps of we want a holiday once or twice a year. We want to obviously have this new, oh, a bit more ASMR. Um, so, again, I say all of that to kind of come to the point is that being a stay-at-home parent, and having the means to kind of allow that to be an easier process. Again, I understand there's various kind of scales where it becomes a much more difficult if you're always worrying where the next meal comes from. I'm working three jobs. I'm a single pet. Like that is a completely other story. But for people who have the means and it's a stay-at-home kind of role, I've never had more joy in my life and it's never been easier. And I, I can't even compare it to running my business pr prior to that working 15-hour days, six days a week and getting joy from it, don't get me wrong, because I'm helping people and I'm progressing my career and my business and all those kind of things. But it's hard. But it's a, it's a grind. Like, And the mental strain, the physical strain of doing that doesn't even come close to the ease at which it is to just take care of a couple of kids and watch the joy that I get back from them by taking care of them. That's my two cents. Do you agree? Do you disagree? <laughs> I, uh, I actually feel like I'm not qualified to answer your question. Yeah, and that's a fair point. Like there's only one of us here that's been in the situation where they have been the sole stay-at-home care provider. So, And I knew that would be the case. And so my follow-up question as soon as I knew you were going to answer that way anyway. Oh, it was an FUQ. <laughs> so we've just sat through all of that for a follow-up question. <laughs> Why don't we Pretty just get much. to the follow-up question? <laughs> that was at least six minutes of single dialogue of mine. <laughs> and we thought that he was going to talk the most. <laughs> my follow-up to all of that was Is there a follow-up follow question? No follow-up follow-up. Okay, all right, cool. My follow-up to that would be as two men in this world who are, I'm going to presume, are the main breadwinners in the house. Yes, no? <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually both think our wife might be listening. Yeah. That's okay. Yes. Define uh, winning bread. Yeah. Yes, we definitely have. There are capability of getting bread. <laughs> we know where the supermarket is. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, yeah. Look, we eat, we eat sandwiches. <laughs> if, if you're referring to being the primary sole financial provider, that's exactly then, what I'm then, saying. Then, in my circumstance, or our tomorrow, my circumstance, then yes, that's where we're at right now. Um, but it's early days for us. And um, again, it, it, it always changes, old, of course. So, um, we're, we're pretty early on in the whole kid journey and, and yeah, so hopefully, so hopefully there might be multiples <laughs> in the future. The, but the question then is how difficult or impactful is the strain that you feel being that kind of income provider or the main income provider for the house, like, does it weigh on you? Because I'm asking this question purely because I now feel super guilty for the fact that I get to get up, spend every day with the girls. I go to the gym, I surf, I watch Marvel movies, I watch Netflix, and then I put the girls to bed and then chill out for the rest of the night. While Amy gets to see the girls only six months of the year because she's at work and she's away and she has to do the grind. And I feel guilty for the fact that 
fuck, I get it pretty easy here. And she has to go and do all that work. Well, there's different pressures in both scenarios, isn't there? Yeah, I don't think you can compare the two. No. They're, <clears throat> they're unique in their own set of circumstances so, and you can't compare the two. Yes, yeah. they're both difficult. Yeah. If, if you're the person that's providing the, the income for the household, that comes with a whole set of stress and pressure and how you deal with that is unique as well. If you're the person that's the caregiver for the children, that comes with its own set of unique set of circumstances and yeah. all the rest of it. It's um, But I don't think you can cross-pollinate the two and different people will thrive in different environments as well um, some people thrive to be the financial provider and that's that's what drives them that's what gets them out of bed in the morning I suppose in all of our circumstances we're all contributing to both sides in some format anyway it's just a different ratio mm. to a degree but they all come with their own pressures oh I suppose to answer your question yes you do feel pressure if you're I mean, you'd feel pressure regardless whether you're contributing to the the um, household income. Any any form of you know reduction in that or change, you, you feel responsible or you feel like you've got you've got to have a certain um, level that you're, you're striving for, to say that your family is able to operate in the, in the way that it expects it or it's used to operating I suppose mm -hmm. is the way I would say but yes yeah, so as I say there's pressures in everything but I think you can't really compare the pressure from one to the other because they're different yeah I didn't want to I didn't want to kind of compare it's like do I have it more difficult than you or do you have it more no, I know what I wanted that, to kind of that may be how it gets viewed yeah <laughs> and if it is again that wasn't kind of how it was meant to come across it's just that again it kind of goes all the way back that we started this journey over west mm. purely because I'd had enough of just grinding day in and day it's out. Worth, it's worth saying too that we've spoken, Matt and I, about what you guys have done and we've both agreed that we actually could, neither of us could do what you guys did. Mm. In what capacity though? We just don't think that we would have the capability of effectively uplifting our life from where we've got a lot of comforts in terms of family and things like that and moving to the other side of the country. It's interesting you say it because I remember conversations, I don't know, when or kind of what capacity, but with my parents, when we did the France trip. Shit's getting real. I, oh, God, that sounds so bad. <laughs> um, I, it, to that point, I don't think we could have done the Western Australian trip as easily as we did because it was literally one conversation. Like it was October of 2020 and I give you guys credit for living two years through a Melbourne lockdown. I could not have done another year. I was going insane yeah. on that front. And I said to Ames, I've got no problems. <laughs> Get me out of here. I'm done. Let's, let's go. And so it was literally one conversation in September, October of 2020. I'm not opening my doors again, even if we were to open up tomorrow and COVID disappears. You want to get back in mining? You want to leave finance? Let's. Let's go. And she literally put in her resume to three different places. Two places called her up. The job that she ended up getting was the one that we, we moved for. And we then were gone by December. Like so maybe that's the key to the decision. You just did it very abruptly. But to the point is that the France trip that we did when, again, I've shared that I was in a – I've always said I was not at a point where I was going to take my life. I'm not that dark. But I was in a really bad you're place. In a, you're in a hole, yeah. I was in a real bad hole at the end of that point where we then went and took a year off. Like 
it wasn't I need a holiday. It's like I need to escape from this scenario here because I'd gotten really caught up in the picket fence, white picket fence, have the have the car. And I was living in Port Melbourne at the time and business was doing really well. Um, I had just lost a very good friend, not lost as in had split ways, um, and I was feeling really shitty about all that, which I still feel shitty about to this day and I still think shouldn't I just call him up and maybe not. But all of that kind of aside... <laughs> They're nodding. Maybe oh, I should. Give him a call, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you've actually got him live on the phone right And now. here's my surprise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I was in a pretty shitty place and it was a place where I just need, like I wanted to get out of the rat race kind of of mm. earning more, to have more, to then want more. Now I have more. Well, this isn't enough. Let me have more, go for more, work more. And I had to get out of that scenario. And I remember... We, we, I, I, were you aware of what was going on at that time with with Adam? Like I, I didn't find out until later no. that you were having those no. I'm actually struggles. learning some things here right yeah. now. And it comes back to this whole point. I wanted to have this chat that people, but men in particular, don't have these conversations. And I said I don't think I was on a pathway to ending it all. I, I 100% very confident of that. But who knows? Because well, it can just spiral. It spirals very quickly and. How often, especially that we've all just turned 40, do you hear of a 40 to 50-year-old bloke commit suicide or has a heart attack at a office desk because they just didn't talk about anything and it blew up into a bucket load of stress or emotional stress or whatever it was? And I got my two best mates sitting in front of me and I didn't even share this with you guys. And so the fact that I'm, I'm more open about the conversations these days, but if this conversation can help families, help a husband, wife, partners, friends, whatever, have more conversations and just allow it, as awkward as this was to start doing, I think we're all better for it. And so, again, to go back, that France trip, the thing that got me across the line was something that Dad said was I said, you guys know my dad very well. If I had said to you before I did that France trip, I'm going to my old man and saying we've just had a child, I've got a business, we're looking at buying a house, we're going to go and take a year off in France. What do you reckon, Dad? <laughs> I reckon m- both of you would probably say, what are you fucking doing, you idiot? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my dad's first, my, my thought of what my dad would have said straight away. But he instantly, without even a missed breath, said do it. Like yeah, he said the okay. big regret I have from you guys is that I worked too much. I didn't see enough of you kids growing up. He was there for all the important stuff, like the big stuff. Yeah. But he worked a lot. He travelled a lot. Gave us an amazing life, but didn't see him a lot in those kind of. And he instantly said, "Do it, mm. come back. What's what's the worst can happen that it's if you come back? Powerful if he says that. Yeah. Mm. And so that was the switch. I was like, okay, we're going. But I'm not even thinking about this. And so that I think allowed us to just pick up in September, and by December we were gone. Mm. But you say you guys have talked about it and said, I don't think we could do it. It's I, interesting. Well, actually, I I know I couldn't do it. And I'll, I'll push that button and say it's interesting though what necessity brings into your life. Like if you had to, and the kind of example I'll give is that the biggest worry I had was I was going to go from the not caregiver of our children. Amy was the one that did most of the uh, child caring for the kids because I was always at work. I was all of a sudden, not only was I going to become the carer, but I was going to be doing it completely on my own in a state where I knew no one. That was my biggest worry. It was like, I'll figure it out kind of thing. And I'll still remember standing on our front porch of the house that we got in WA the first place, watching Amy go off in the taxi for the first time and like, oh, fuck. 
<laughs> this is real. And like I'm the adult now. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to take care of two young kids on my own. How old know, was Amy then? Uh thirty two. Thirty two years old. Amy, yeah. Oh, sorry, um, Anna. <laughs> uh, Anna would have been just on a year. Yeah. Yeah, so, so she was just young. on one. Yeah, she was really young. Um, Amelia struggled with it because she had left. Too many A's, by the way. All A's. Yeah. <laughs> um, Amelia um, struggled with it, but she's she's a resilient kid. I'll give her that much. She's, she's, she's had to move because she came to France with us. She's done a lot of moving and having to resettle quite a few times and go through a heap of change. She left home. She left Melbourne with two best friends. I mean, she's only, she was only kind of four at the time. So I mean, how much of a, it's still, it's just, exactly. It's still a human connection she has. And so she started brand new, but she kind of took it on the chin and was okay with it. Anna was one. She had no idea what was going on anyway, but I remember holding Anna in one arm Amelia's standing on the side. She's bawling her eyes out. I then start bawling my eyes out and it's just <laughs> kind of thing as we watch Amy drive off for the first time. And I would have said to you guys, there is zero chance I could take care of two kids on my own with no family, no Amy, but I had to. So like the cleaner, have you been outsourcing it? <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who wants to know that story, back to the uh, original um, one, I hired a cleaner while Amy did FIFO work before we got married. Yes. And because Amy's been in um, FIFO work and that probably helped, to be honest. Like that's all I've ever known with Amy. Mm. People sit there and go, how do you guys do it? Like you only see each other six months of the year. It's like I've known no different. Like I started dating her when she was 19, 20. She was just finishing off uni and then went straight into FIFO and disappeared. And back in those days she used to do a rotation of one it was always one week on, one week off, but she would stay on site for one of those. So I'd actually only see her for one week of the month. So actually now seeing her two weeks of the month, I actually see her more than <laughs> I used to. And I'd argue, and Amy and I have had this conversation, when she was doing nine to five at the finance job she had, I saw her less then than I do now. Because it was, mm. I, I would leave at 5.30 in the morning to go well, to work. And two, quality two time. Passing well. in the night. Quality time, yeah. And it would, like, I'd be rushing out the door in the morning at 5.30 and I know not to wake my wife before 7 o'clock because it's not a pretty sight. So <laughs> she, even this morning, I'm leaving for Melbourne and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll wake you up in the morning, give you a kiss. She just don't wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good time but do not wake me yeah. up. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it is what it is kind of with those kind of situations. But it's all I've ever known. But, like, again, to push the button, if you had to, you make it work. Like, yes, comforts and things are there mm. but if i gun to your head you have to go there's not like you make it work you figure it out yeah you probably would and that on that western australia is fucking amazing. <laughs> you're doing your pitch now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying Come to get aboard. your <laughs> nice for a holiday yeah. <laughs> how how do you I, I guess talking to glenn's point about that moving over and sort of breaking away from where you've nestled your life. How do you deal with the, I guess the biggest thing for us with having a kid is realising the um, the role that grandparents play, not just looking after them so that we can go out and have a drink. But, <laughs> but That's a good point though. But having having them around and having them as a part of your kid's life is, is, a, is obviously a big thing. How do you guys 
combat that? Obviously you see them, but how do you combat the lack of closeness? I think grandparents play a more important role for themselves. I think I've got um, What I mean by that is grandparents love seeing their grandkids. Mm-hmm. Like I love seeing my parents' faces light up. I love seeing Amy's parents light They love being around the kids. But I think that's more their love. I think I don't think my girls are going to be any worse off for not seeing their grandparents every other weekend kind of thing. Can um, I can I respectfully disagree? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Um, I I feel I have a lot to owe my parents for the way that my life's panned out, and um, it's something that I I think that you know our daughter could learn a lot from them and their influence on me has been obviously such a big part of my life. I want it to be part of their life as well. Um, so I, I think it's um, I think it's really valuable from both sides. Um, yeah, thoughts? What, what do you think your parents and Tam's parents add to, and on your side as well, obviously, your parents and Bree's, what do you think they add to your kid's life that they wouldn't have if they weren't there as frequently? Comfort. Uh, Yeah, comfort. Comfort in what form? Culture, different mindset. Comfort in what form? Uh, Love. But I suppose it's just that, that. Unconditional. Yeah, unconditional love and... Yeah, there's, a, there's a, a different perspective as well, different generation. So I think they value from that because obviously us as parents, we're all different, but we parent in a certain way, whereas our, our actual own parents might parent slightly different, grandparent in a different way. That can be valuable, but possibly it can be not valuable too. So. I'll- what actually comes to mind, the reason why it might be easier for me to make that break and not think that, grandparents make such an important role is that I didn't grow up with grandparents. I had them in my life. but but you didn't see them often. We we always lived so far away from them. And Amy... We've probably both had frequent... Grandparents have been, you know, in the same postcode basically. Yeah. So that probably probably plays a major role in it. And so Mm. my... We lived in Melbourne. History repeating. Yeah, probably. And and Amy Amy was originally born in WA and she moved around because her old man... um, had different jobs, but landed in Melbourne eventually. And so her, both of her sets of grandparents were always in WA. So again, it was always a big trip to go into WA and mine lived in rural and country Victoria. And so again, two or three times a year, I would go and see one of the grandparents who are up in the um, winery region in Victoria. What's it called? Glen Rowan, Rutherglen. Yes. The winery walkabout that's in Queens. Rutherglen, is it? Yeah. Glen Rowan's... um Ned Kelly, yeah. country up Yeah, it's near similar Benella, area. Similar, sim- Benella, Wangaratta yeah. area. Okay. Yeah. So my grandparents lived in Wangaratta and um, my parents and my auntie and uncle who also lived up there would always do the winery walkabout every year, which is a very famous kind of tour and you get these stamps and they, they did it like 20-something years straight. And so we'd always go up. We'd have that kind of school holidays with my grandparents then. Um, and so that was them. But then my dad's parents were always down in Rosebud kind of way that down the peninsula and so again see them there's a distance there was that distance it wasn't just around the corner whereas 
now, obviously we're on the other side of the country, but when we were back in Melbourne, my parents lived down at Phillip Island, so they were a couple of hours away. Um, but Amy's parents were around the corner. And mm. so we did have, especially Amy's mum, a lot more involved in especially Amelia's life because she was there for that when we had obviously Anna, it was during lockdown. So yeah. didn't really get to see and then we left and haven't seen then. And I think she has suffered the most, Amy's mum. She really misses of course, the girls. Yeah. And you can see it on, not to say my parents don't miss the girls. No, but they were used to. They were used to that distance, distance yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe, yeah, it's just I can very easily say, eh, grandparents, yeah, they're great, but I don't care if they're not in their life. Like, I'll come, they'll go, you know, kind of thing. But whereas you guys have said you grew grew up with them in your life and so you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, I think for both of both Glenn and I, Grandparents on on both sides played a big role. Yeah, that, that sort of is probably being replicated a bit now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Horses hmm. for courses, but a, a full circle back to WA being a very isolating place. Mm. In that, because you all hate Victorians. <laughs> I felt that when we landed there, to no, be honest. No doubt. Um, be, but more so because it was during COVID. Mm. Like oh, Melbourne was a Victorian. We it was. It was affected state. Melbourne we? was the hot centre for COVID during that time as well as New South Wales. And when we came over, like. We, we might have well, we've been the state that licked the bat. We were <laughs> <laughs> but ostracised from the rest of the country. It, and it felt like that. Like when we landed, like the empire of wa opened up for two weeks like we were so lucky for the window we got in there yeah i remember this yeah. and racing over and we actually landed in a lockdown no there was no lockdown in that we landed and one um case came up in victoria in like ballarat like it wasn't even in mm. the where we were even close to we landed in wa on the 30th of december the 31st December, so we're already been out for 24 hours, like we'd gone down to the beach, went to an ice cream store, and it was at the ice cream store. We got a text yeah, message. Yeah, you had to isolate. Yeah. 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 So we got a message uh, saying, because you have been in Victoria in the last Victoria. three days, yeah, yeah. you must go. I'm like, stay in your room for a, yeah, for a, for a month. <laughs> and we had to, yeah, we had to go and isolate for two weeks there, but there was... Wow, so that, that was after you arrived. Yeah, and so that's why it never made sense to me. I was like, okay, I've been here for 24 hours. Make me go and get a test, and if I come up negative, then what's, mm. what's the problem? But it never made sense to me that we had to go and lock down for what it, it is what it is. It, it turned out as it was. But um, but the kind of whole isolation thing and kind of this separation thing, I made a very key effort, and I think I even wrote an email about it, and you replied to it as well, in that I think I said I was cheating on you. Do you remember that email? No. It was it was titled um, I'm oh, cheating. It was one of your daily My daily oh, emails yeah, that I do. Yeah, yeah. And it was something like I'm cheating on, on oh, you yeah, yeah. kind of thing. You made yeah. a friend over there. Yeah, yeah. And I made, yeah, this good friend. He was yes, a, I did. Yeah. yeah. But um, there's Sorry. like a. I know where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a men's group that's, um, they, call them, they call themselves the Dads of Kensington, um, which is a suburb that we live in over. DOK, is that on their shirts? No. Should be. We should get some T-shirts. Yeah, like Matt, the um, the Simpsons. What were they called? The the pins. Oh, when they had pin the pals. Yeah, the pin <laughs> pals. That's right. <laughs> Start a bowling team. <laughs> you need Doc on your shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and I, for the first two years of Amelia being at school, hadn't wanted nothing to do with the school. 
it's like Amelia's school. I drop her off. I leave. But I don't. I don't want to kind of. But I've joined the PNC now. What are they called? What's a PNC? Okay. Um, Is it like the parent teacher? Parent, yeah. Union. Yeah. Uh, parent committee. Parent committee, whatever whatever PNC actually stands for. And I'm now the sports coordinator on the PA wow. PNC. Oh, promotion. And, <laughs> promotion. There's no pay on it. <laughs> I might charge them for Invoice some petrol them. runs. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeez. Bit of do they know what they're getting into? <laughs> bit of drop-off petrol. <laughs> and I, I've done that for a very clear thing because – before Amy got the promotion and we were looking at buying this house that we're now living in, I needed to start doing some more work because we weren't bringing in the income we needed to. Again, I reverse engineer. I was like, we're not, we're not going to have it. But then Amy got a promotion. God bless her. It fills the gap. I don't have to go to work as much. Back to the surfboard. Yeah. <laughs> and I can get back to my um, fun living at the surf. But I wanted to kind of start seeing clients again because – it is so isolating and as good as FaceTime and Zoom is, it's not the same as what this is. As this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I felt weird and that's what that email was about. It felt like I was cheating, cheating on yeah. a friend. It's like I've got these guys who I've known for almost 30 years who there's only so much you can kind of have a new like, – I just don't know how to make friends is basically what I'm saying. You, you know we're okay with it. Right? <laughs> it's, you're allowed to talk to other people and form it, new friendships and, it, and all those things. It That's felt weird like that. Fine. It felt weird kind of trying to spark a conversation, spark a friendship because, I don't know, when you're five you go, you've got blonde hair, I've got blonde hair, let's be friends. Like it's – I love it. I love new friends. Do you? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you can recycle the old yeah, jokes. Yeah, all my shitty old jokes are <laughs> brand new again. It's fabulous. I, I mean, now that I've, I've made a good little circle of some of these dads that we're coming, you know, I'd say mates with. I'm, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to call them like lifelong friends and that's not to say they're not. We're only young. <laughs> some of us more than others. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. There's something that like... We all met when we were like 12 years of age. I don't know how many new things are going to happen in my life from the age of 40 to 80. I think a lot. You reckon? I think you'll be surprised. Not that I know. I don't know. I, I live a pretty what's in the future. I but, live a pretty boring life. But <laughs> if, if, if you look 20 years ago, so much has happened, so much has changed. And if you asked yourself that as a 20-year-old, what's on the horizon, you probably think, you know, maybe... Job, career, car, house, these other things, wife, marriage, babies, maybe. But a lot of those Certainly things are established not moves now. moves to France for a year and <laughs> moves to WA for the rest of our life. Yeah. There's, there's still, I think there's a lot on the horizon that's, none of it's written, right? Yeah. It's all, it's all unknown. I, I think there'll be a lot of surprises, curveballs, all sorts of things will come along. That, all thought, that, know, that all feet pick thing might just really yeah. take Yeah, only feet, whatever it's called, um, you know. Could be a goer. Just keep keep trimming those toenails, champ. I haven't actually um, shaved my legs in the last couple of weeks, so a little bit of um, oh, ne- neither Nothing I, like bloody um, just, what do you call it, um, photoshopping it. <laughs> <laughs> just get a glamour filter on the, on the feet. Do you still shave your legs? Oh, absolutely. For swimming purposes or? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> <I think. laughs> Enjoyment with my skin against the sheets of the bed. Uh, yeah. Just hope those sharks don't confuse you with a dolphin. <laughs> Have you ever shaved your legs? No. 
then you, you can't talk to me. You can't. The feeling is, ama- is amazing. Matthew's waxed his chest. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yes. Glenn's lovely wife actually took care of that many years ago. <laughs> it went purple. I, I had a purple. Was that a dare? Weld. Uh, or did you no, do it, it because a, you actually wanted to get your chest waxed at one point? Yeah, I think it was just a spur of the moment intoxicated decision. And, um, yeah, it went purple. It bled all sorts of things. It was it was horrific. It looked like I'd been in an accident for a while. But, yeah, then I was like a dolphin for a few days and then the regrowth started and it was back to awful. <laughs> it's like the Monash Freeway. There's bumps and divots everywhere. <laughs> it was awful. Speaking of, that's something I don't miss in Melbourne is a f- today, today was a good day. You reckon? Yeah. Oh Jesus! If that's what you call good, then I don't want to know what's bad. It, it, yeah, wasn't wasn't too terrible today. There were no. We didn't stop on the freeway. We slowed down, but we didn't stop. It wasn't that bad. It's horrendous. Hmm. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Well, I feel like I feel like you might have some more questions for Glenn. Do I? Yeah. Haven't you got anything like hard hitting or? Not really. I really wanted to get on to men's health. Okay. okay. And the fact that we've been talking as we have, I appreciate the fact that we have because... Is there anything else you want to address with that? No, it's just like kind of coming back to the whole isolation thing. Mm. Is it moving to WA and kind of being on my own? I wanted to start um, being more involved with Amelia's school purely from a selfish act. It's got nothing to do... Although, to be fair, she came home when I found out... I went to the PNC meeting. I got nominated to be the sports person because I'm a sports person kind of thing. And the person who was in sports was retiring because their kid was leaving grade six and they're like, oh, I'm not coming back here when I don't have a child here kind of thing. Yeah, right. Especially if, if they're not giving you fuel money, that'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Madness to come back. And I will say when I came home and said to Amelia, oh, I'm now the sports coordinator, like she lit up. And I'm like, oh. That's pretty cool. She's like, oh, you're involved in my school. That's oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, That's kind of thing. So that was I cool. Can, I can wag sports. Yeah. <laughs> but I purely did it for a selfish reason just to get, again, more involved with networking people and, and humans yeah. and networking. And it's actually spawned off on two of the dads there who I've become pretty good mates with. Um, they want me to become the least mates, I hope. Not best mates. <laughs> they don't take that title just yet. <laughs> um, they've approached me to become like... They wanted me to run it and I said, don't make me the social coordinator because I don't go out and I don't drink. And so <laughs> me being a social coordinator is not someone, everybody stay at home. <laughs> this is what we're going to do this week. But I hope you've got a PlayStation. <laughs> I used to run a men's health fitness group back in Melbourne and every Thursday I had between eight to ten blokes who were business owners, were corporate, were whatever they kind of were, most of them were kind of small business owners or corporate. And it was a way to get out a bit of physical kind of stress from the life um, every Thursday morning. But most of these guys, and again, you guys might be able to relate, obviously being a business owner and quite high up in the business and having a lot of responsibility yourself, Glenn, is that there's so much pressure on you that you are always having to tell people. It's like, hey, can you go and do this? And And you rarely get told what you should do. You don't have to think about it. And so that Thursday morning, what I thought for these men was going to be just an hour of just fitness turned into more of a psychological session than it ever did as a physical session because these big high flyers could come and they could just like, I don't have to think for an hour. For like for one hour in my life, I don't have to think. I just get told what to do and it might come all the way back to doms and submissive type sex practices. (laughs) 
But the reason why... So what was the name of this um, yeah. <laughs> course? But the reason why they're so successful is that there is that want. Some people do just... I'm so involved with telling people what to do in life that I'd love to just be told what to do every now and then. So that's what it turned out. So I said to these guys... Don't make me the social coordinator, but I used to run this thing for physical health on a Thursday morning. So Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to run a sex club for these guys. <laughs> that just shows you we've been Love 30 it. years friends because I knew you were going to say before I even see you. Your mouth started moving and I knew what was going to happen. But I said to them, I said, how about I run a fitness group on a Thursday morning or whatever it kind of might be? And we kind of combine that with a social group, get someone else to run the social. So then there's a social aspect where the dads can get together and then there's a physical aspect because I know the physical and mental benefits that can play. How's that sound? And like, let's do it. So that's something we'll kind of start doing there. But it kind of kind of fills us back with the... You could blend those. That would be beers and burpees. Beers and burpees, beers and burgers, beers and burpees. Burpees. Burpees and burgers, yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole, yeah. Yeah, potentially. Which it's six o'clock in the morning? Probably I don't know if people want time. beers. <laughs> well, what people are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I know. What what time do we start drinking? Yeah, it's definitely afternoon here. So. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's been good that I've done that. As uncomfortable as it has been, mm. like getting into a completely new group of people, and I don't know. I know you said you enjoy, like meeting new people, new friends, because I don't know whether you're joking about it, but, like, I get to recycle all those cool conversations and jokes I had. I actually hate that. <laughs> I love the fact that we kind of sometimes rehash. Remember that, and we've done that today. Like, you know, I remember that, and it's good to kind of. But the thought of kind of telling all of my life's stories again, at, like, what do you do? Whatever you come I'm like, fuck, kill me now. I don't want I anything to. Yeah, so. Don't you often put mayo on those stories though anyway? So they'd be different every time. I do that with you guys. I don't need new people. <laughs> and we know the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll still put mayo on them. <laughs> it would be tough to, as someone that's not like 15 in high school, trying to break into a circle of friends, to do it as an adult with kids and all the rest of it, it would be a very different experience. It's something like I haven't been through it yet because Little Miss isn't at school. Yeah, but you're lucky because you're, I suppose, well, you both are in a degree. Your job allows you to meet new people every day. Constantly, yeah. But yes, to that yeah. point, you put me in front of a new client, I'll talk all day. Yeah, it's because like, it's work. It's work and it's yeah. what I've known. And it's like the work switch. And, and it's normally in relation to something I'm very comfortable with. Someone's coming with you've a knee got, replacement. You've got all the answers to all their questions. Or the conversations that I know I need to have. Yeah. Yep. So where'd the knee injury come from? <laughs> Off they a- go. Absolute comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yep. this, I've got all these brand new people I have no idea. Mm. And again, like Craig, hey? I'll tell you a bit. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you a Mayo story that I did put on these guys. <laughs> this is great. I, I don't doubt this for a second. <laughs> so... The first, the first year that we, because every, uh, you tell me if yours um, um, have this as well. Is there a WhatsApp group for the different classrooms that your kids are involved in? Not a WhatsApp group, but there's a communication stream, yeah. Just for your one classroom though? Yes. Yeah, okay, so it's not like the whole school can, yeah. So we have WhatsApp groups for um, each individual classroom. And in the first year, the, the class representative, so one parent has to put their hand up and say, I'll be the class rep for that class kind of thing. They said, hey, my name's Bob. I can't remember who the class rep was, but my name's Bob. 
how about everyone introduce themselves so everyone can kind of know and maybe we can network and you can find out who they are and you can then kind of, oh, you're Jody's father, you're Susie's mum, like kind of thing. And so instead of just saying I'm an exercise physiologist. <laughs> I, I like where this is I'm going. a pilot. I've had <laughs> this is so much better in army training. <laughs> I just put in, I've run drugs for the last 15 years. I was once called the powder king of Melbourne. Oh, my God. If anyone needs anything for Carl. just <laughs> just to help out relieve that edge when oh. life's getting a bit stressful for kids, and clearly I had sarcasm, but it's in a text message. So a couple of people, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was like, did, so, did anyone hit you up for some yeah, <laughs> Melbourne gear? No one came to me because I just made it very clear after that. It's like, just I played along with it for a good ten minutes. Yeah, as the kind of conversations go, and there was a lot of puns from I'm, it. I'm kind of sleep over at Amelia's, honey. I'm <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but that was fun to kind of do from there. But it felt it felt weird not trying to like be myself. Like yeah, like it, yes, it was fun for the ten minutes. It was kind of like yeah, hey, this is what I yeah kind of thing. But it's like I know as kids though. Like you kind of want to embellish things or say things just to be part of a mm. group. That said, I think we were all quite lucky to be, would we say we're kind of part of the the popular kind of group in our year level at least? Like it was a very big crew. Like there was there was many different groups within the big group, but like I wouldn't say we were I, ostracised and we weren't kind no, of. I wouldn't say I was popular, but I hung around with people that were. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Sorry, yeah, I, I was, I think we can all say, we weren't at the top of the ladder within that group. We were, we didn't have beards. <laughs> Did anyone in our year level have beards, though? Oh, were the few, troops in the... A few people had beards in year seven. Along the line. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I don't know. I, it felt weird we, trying to... We were to, in the main social facet. Yes. That was the, probably the biggest... Conglomerate. It was huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those lunch times up at the top of the the canteen area, the top of the steps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were massive oh, groups. Tales were told. None of them true. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess on like on that, as I said, as a as a teenager, you'll say things, you'll do things that feel completely out of what's true or what's comfort, just because you want to fit in. Whereas now, I could care less if I fit in. Mm. And so, um, does that explain the haircut, Adam? Back in the day, what? Which which one? Your haircut? Yeah, which one though? I, the undercut. The undercut was atrocious. Did you run the bowl? Yes, oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember it. I remember what? you with long hair, but I can't remember the bowl cut. Yeah, it was <laughs> the, the, the mushroom. Wasn't I yes, called mushroom, mushroom for a while? Well, rightly so. Oh, was that because <laughs> of your hair? Yeah. Oh, I'd be totally <laughs> wrong. Mushrooms came a lot later. <laughs> totally misunderstood that nickname. Um, but, yeah, I had the undercut for a while and then I had the flat top. You did. You ran all the 90s spec Ran all cuts. the 90s spec haircuts. Nice. And then the shaved head. And then the shaved head, probably year nine, year eight, year nine. It was yeah. then solid. Never, never. You had an undercut too. I did at one point, yes, yeah. I think I got called the lamb. It looked like a... <laughs> A shape. <laughs> Your fringe did curl around did, a yeah. lot, didn't it? Yeah. You almost had bangs. Well, that's what I was going for, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were going for the Rachel? It was Miley Cyrus before she was even a thing. <laughs> she was still Billy Ray. Oh, Billy <laughs> Ray. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, awful. 90s haircuts should be illegal. Although they're coming back. Mullets are a thing Massive again. Massive in kids' ears. Yeah. Mm. We sound like old people now. Yeah. All right, it's coming, Bailey got one? Coming back around. No, he's not a loud one. Not a loud one? No. Is that you or is that Bree? Both. Both. Okay. I don't, I, he's challenging hard. I was going to, I would see you supporting the mullet. No. No. I just said I'll, he will thank me in later life. <laughs> yeah. He hates it now, though. Hates being told that he can't. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All I'll then say, an hour 12, I think we've done pretty well. Is it longer than you thought we'd go for? Yeah, I thought 10 minutes. <laughs> um, all I'll say to kind of, I guess, wrap it up, and this is where the tears might come on. <laughs> I will say thank you to you both for different parts of our lives that we've come across. I think we've been involved in each other's lives intimately in different triangles and as a triangle kind of thing um, throughout our lives. but Consistent. Consistent hmm. for sure. Um, I know and... I'll, I'll start this with a fact I remember hearing is that uh, the Americans, it's an American survey, were surveyed in the 80s or 90s and said, how many people would you classify you have that are friends or family that you could say if the shit hit the fan that you could pick up the phone and they would drop everything to come and be there if, you, if, you, if shit really hit the fan? And the average was like, I've got four people in my life that really hit the this I, I could rely on four people now they say the average american has zero to one people mm. and i would say that's a very very lonely and scary place to live that i'm doing this completely on my own i got no one in life i can kind of rely on maybe you correct me <laughs> i would a hundred percent for sure mate yes yeah. feel and i feel very confident in my life that i have both of you that if I really needed it, that I could pick up the phone and go, I'm fucking really struggling at the moment. I need you guys. And that can be for the simplest of things. That could be for the biggest of things. But the fact that I've got that, I feel very what's the comfortable. The gratitude is what I like. I'm very grateful that I have you guys in my life. Blessed. And blessed, another one. We could go down the religion route. That'd be a fun <laughs> conversation. No, thanks. <laughs> um, Are you going to skip politics or...? Oh, I'd love to talk about politics. <laughs> no, thank you. I'd so love to talk about it. Um, I got to it. That's where I will go to sleep. <laughs> I got still got time. <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think you guys, you know, outside of family, have been two blokes that I've been able to rely on over the years and you guys have stuck by me and helped me through the washing machine that my life has been at times and, you know, often I've not deserved it as well. Um, but, you know, you guys have hung by me and and you know this is a should be about glenn it's glenn's birthday oh, right. and uh <laughs> and you know glenn, glenn's done more um more for me than than um yeah i could i could ever ask for um is when you asked at the start about a memory of glenn i couldn't think of anything specific but glenn over the years has been um someone that's not just been a mate but helped me guided me and you know been a a voice of reason and a voice of wisdom over the years as well it's um it's yeah and and it's a very narrow window that those people are in your lives i'll say a comment that your wife messaged which i can wholeheartedly agree and i think we all are that sums you up in a in a sentence right um where is it you can't sum glam up 
No, I think I think you can with this in that I can't find the message. Where is it? It was along the lines of you never, ever, ever do things for yourself. You're always thinking of others, whether it's family, whether it's friends, and your wife said that she cannot wait to see that you're a you know, how you respond to us turning up and we're going to go and do this thing after this, which you still don't know. Uncomfortable. (laughs) And as uncomfortable as it may have felt, the fact that you were the one that we were putting time into today, um, she was like, I can't wait to see how he responds because Mm. you're always thinking of others, never yourself. And if that's a call to start thinking of yourself a bit more and like selfishly take that time because you are so selfless with your time. Um, I, I am very grateful to have you in my life that you do give that so willingly, disregarding sometimes your own well-being. Maybe it might be the case, but um, but yeah, you're a pretty special bloke. Thank you. Well said, Mister Martin. <laughs> so yes, um, thank you for oh, emotions are high. <laughs> thank I you for thirty. Can't speak right now. <laughs> I appreciate thirty years of friendship and. Um, I have zero doubt in my life unless our tales end for some way, shape or form that we will be here in 30 years' time turning 70 that uh, we can Are probably... Are aware of my diet? <laughs> <laughs> you might want to rephrase That's why that. I said if the tale ends Let's in some way. Let's do something in 10 years, pal. <laughs> that will require the scotch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To that point, yes, we're going to do this publicly. Mm-hmm. I told you before that we need to start planning for a 50th. It'll cost a lot of money and we'll have to save for it. But, but yours is going to come a lot before mine, yeah. like well before mine. I'm actually only months before you. You're no, no, well before. Yeah. Six months. Glenn's like a year. I'm a baby mate. You're a year from him. You're not six You couldn't even drive me. to school. I couldn't. I, drive I never drove to years. school either. <laughs> Four years. I was driving to school in year eight. Were you David Gronin? I did. I did. <laughs> I, I, did nine, I did do nine years of kindergarten. <laughs> Damn finger painting. My son goes to school with David's son. Oh, shit. <laughs> Shouldn't have said his last name. Um, 50th birthday. <clears throat> mm. yeah. What are you thinking? Saints Premiership. Yes. Mate, oh, you're going to be waiting. before that. You're going to be waiting three decades for that. <laughs> that's that's actually more making me more tearful than <laughs> your comments. Nah, we'll, we'll, have a, no. we'll have a Saints Premiership before. 50th birthday. Rolls. Yeah. Monaco. Monaco or Monaco? Formula Monaco. Monaco. Are you a Monaco? No, definitely not Monaco. (laughs) Monaco. (laughs) Monaco, Formula One on the back end of a super yacht. Mm -hmm. The wives come. Kids will be old enough that. Who's going to steer the ship? Zari might. Which 10 years. (laughs) Jesus. Alcohol is definitely doing its part now, which is good. Um, Zari will be 12. Would she be able to stay? Yeah, she'll be all right. Stay with grandparents for a week while she'll we drive the yacht. She'll be fine. <laughs> she'll be there. Yeah. So our kids will be old enough that we can take a week away and drop them with grandparents. The three hang couples. Hang Bailey will be there. He's eighteen. No, no oh. kids. <laughs> Ten years. Is he eight now? Is he? Yeah. Ten years. No, leave him at home. Leave him. <laughs> if <laughs> he's, he's eighteen, he can have a beer with us. That'll be bizarre, won't it? I'm coming at eighteen. That'll be a wild moment in time when you can have a beer with your own kid. Poor kid. <laughs> But I call it now. Are you guys prepared to, in 10 years' time, we take a trip with our wives, the three couples, 
Monaco, Formula One Grand Prix. We spend a week over in south of France and then we do the Monaco Grand Prix on the back of a super yacht or in some way, shape or form we go to the Monaco Grand Prix. Mm. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, count me in. But one one question, is it France or France? France. France. Okay, France. <laughs> South of France. 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 Okay, okay. <laughs> Just so we book in the right place. <laughs> but you no, France? 100%. I'm keen. I haven't heard of France. <laughs> Are you a France or a France? <clears throat> it's in, it's in, if I said South of France, I'd say South of France. But if you say let's go to France, I'd say France. Yeah, Australian ways. France, isn't oh, I hate it? France. I think I'm France. As in the, like France. Yeah. No, the, the France. It's like so nasal. France. I'm France because I lived That's in South the, Australia. Yeah. How do you say it's grand? Grant yeah. And plant. <laughs> but yeah, what we call it France. What about eggplant? Eggplant. Egg egg <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. How many more you got? <clears throat> That's about it. A government. Grant. Okay. Okay. Is that more than a government grant? <laughs> um, all right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Unless we're going to get on to politics, which I could definitely talk on. I'm out. The clothing company or? <laughs> Good suits. <laughs> um, we'll wrap it up. I always do this, though, at the end of every podcast. Oh, I've seen this before. I've heard this before. You'll know it if you listen to my podcast all the way through, but most people don't listen to my podcast all the way through, so that's fine. No I know the analytics. No one cares. Um, as if people just don't get to the end of my podcast, so that's fine. I can see the back end. Yeah, people have got jobs and stuff. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Not all those stay-at-home dads. <laughs> oh, Kenzie with a right hook. Yeah, comes in. <laughs> I just had the probably the most challenging month of my life getting through all of the Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long, hard slog. Uh, have you read the books? <laughs> no. It's a, it's a joke about comics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. If anyone's still around, here we go. Um, last week's guest always gets to ask the next week's guest a question. So I'm asking both of you. So last week's guest asked this question to this week's guest, which is you guys. Glenn first, Matthew can't say anything, and then you get to say it after. Who are you without your story? It's a deep question. <laughs> Jeez. Confused. Elaborate. Well, if you don't have a story and you don't have a purpose, you're confused. Let me re-ask the question in a slightly different way that might open that up more. If we all have our own, I'll put an example, an analogy that might kind of clean it up a bit. People always come to me because they've got a lower back problem, a knee problem, and a lot of people hold on to that as their identity. And so a lot of what I do when I'm helping people recover from a knee replacement, a hip replacement, is try and dissociate them from I am my broken knee, my hurt back. It's like you're a human being with a bung knee yeah, at the moment. Yeah. So dissociating them from the fact that they've got them so so looking inwards that they are, they identify themselves as that issue that's mm. with them. It's like, no, you're not. You're so much more than that. So you, you're an amazing father, husband to your wife, 
great friend, all these things. But without that story, who is at the heart of Glenn? Mm, that's a good question. Someone who cares a lot about other people. Let me push the button even further. Do you care about yourself as much as you care about others? No. Do you believe that you're worthy of caring about yourself as much as others? No. Can I ask why? Just not on my radar. I just pride, I actually pride myself on caring about others above myself. If I said to you that you could care for others better by caring for yourself more, would you believe me? Yes. So if you believe me, why wouldn't you care more about yourself to then be able to care even more for those that you love? Because it's a process. Is that a process you're working on? Of course. Yeah? Always. Would you say it's getting better? Yes. With more responsibilities at work, has that become more difficult? Jeez, I didn't know it was going to be a question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it? Well, I'll say a question again. With the increased responsibilities that you've had over the years as you've continued to mm. um, go up in work, has that increased responsibility at work made it more difficult for you to kind of turn inward and like take care of yourself more and, and think of yourself in front of others? Yeah. Uh, no, it's probably easier actually. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, as I get older, I understand that there's a balance there. Good word. I like the balance. Balance by Adam. <laughs> um, Matt, I'll ask you the same question. Sorry, what was the... <laughs> <laughs> if you're tuning no, like out it. and you're part of it, then... I, uh, I, I can't I can't come back off the back of that. That was really intense. Um, I'll, I'll put you through the same process. <clears throat> Let me peel who, some onions. Who, who are you without your story? Well, you're still yourself because you, your, your story is something that's projected to others, which ultimately is their perception of you. Okay, before um, you go, sorry to interrupt. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the story that you project to the world? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I'll, I'll say, what do you think Glenn and I see is the story you tell the world? And then I'll say, who do you think your work colleagues? It might be slightly different, but I'll say, yeah, how do you think we how see How do you? I think you perceive me? That's a difficult thing to answer because it's sprinkled well, with... Yeah. I, I know, but it's sprinkled with, you know, you want to say that obviously I would hope that you guys would think of me in a, a positive light. I feel like that's sprinkled with arrogance. But I, um, I I hope you would see me as a good friend. I hope you would see me as loyal. I hope you would see me as truthful um, and, and someone that would, you know, run to your assistance if ever required. Um someone that feels bad for lying to you, Glenn, for, you know, a few weeks about what's been leading up to, <laughs> to what's going on here. Is that explaining I've, the nails? Yeah, I feel awful about that. <laughs> I found absolute joy in not letting yeah. you know. <laughs> it's very different. I've said things that are untrue. I've said things that are slightly true. I've, I've it's, yeah, I've felt terrible about it. But, um, yeah, I'd hope you'd see me as a, as a good mate ultimately. 
Um, mm. Can I can I give you two cents? I don't think they make those coins anymore. <laughs> oh, but can I give if you, you want to um, if you want to do a, if you want to do a transfer? But with inflation these days, can I give you my five dollars? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's more appropriate. Yes to everything. Mm. I see a lot of me in you just before I left for France. In that, I think you are burning the candle way too hard. Oh, hundred percent. That's not. But that's not what we're and I, discussing today. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but the story that I like, how I perceive you at the moment, is it's Glenn's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll go back and say the same. But not the same. But I kind of, I can kind of relay back in kind of how I see that. But I think I relayed what I said before with how I see you and what your wife said and I think how that kind of is perceived in that I think the not the suggestion I would give is kind of look more. He feeds us wine. Mm. He, <laughs> asks, he asks these contrived it's questions. It's, um, so I made the suggestion to you, take more time to take care of yourself because you give far too much to the world, mm. which is a beautiful trait to have and we are all lucky to have you in our lives because of that. But I think it will be to your detriment if you don't start doing more for yourself. Hmm. It's that kind of analogy like that the face masks in the aeroplanes, like put your oxygen oh, mask. I was going to say eyes wide shut. It's a <laughs> different analogy, different face mask. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to that, in that put your oxygen mask on first so you then can help others. So if I can give, take the advice, don't take, that's fine. But I would just say that you are so selfless that I think you should be more selfish, which would actually in turn allow you to be more selfless mm-hmm. is what I say. And for Matt, I see being when our two kind of counterparts in that we're both run businesses and you're at the early stages of that kind of six years in now, right? But a real big shift in the last couple of years. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. Eight, 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 eight and a half years in the industry. Yeah. Five years self-employed. Yeah. Eight, so, oh, probably yeah, eight, nine months we're so, right now. I got to the ten year mark is where we then went to, we went to France, mm. France, but, uh, France, <laughs> France. France. <laughs> I would say for the last two, the two years before that though is where I started to struggle, and it took me two years to really, I need to pull on that trigger. Or else, you know, it's gonna get real dark here for a second. Mm. I don't want to see that happen to you. It will not happen, my friend. Just. Please. (laughs) Just. There is so much wax on the candle. It's burning quickly, though. (laughs) Just got to blow it out at one end. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. It would be my only suggestion on that is Mm -hmm. that yes to everything because you are also a massive giver. Mm. Is that you give, give, give to your clients, to your life, to your, your friends, to your family. And the more you. Feed into the universe, and more you'll get back. I'm a massive believer of that. I, I agree, but I think part of that equation has to come in feeding into you. Like mm. you are part of that universe, so if you're not feeding into you, then it all breaks down. Mm. And I was that; it all broke down. So feed into you a little bit more. Doesn't have to be. And again, it's balance. Like there's sometimes where you have to have full blinkers on by Adam, or just in general, <laughs> just in life, just in general. I think in in life, 
balance needs to be. And balance can be an all or nothing at different times mm. in that when you are new in a business, and Bree will know this as well, you have to have blinkers on and just go, okay, I cannot look at the world. I can't socialise. I can't do anything here. I have to give up a bit of time with... Deleted Facebook. <laughs> good, probably a good thing. I have to put blinkers on. I can't... I'm not spending as much time with my kids, my wife, my social circle and things because I want to get nail down and I've got to get this done. And I think that's fair. I think that's allowed and I think that's good. And if that's a big part of your life, then so be it. But then the flip of that has to be, there has to be a point where you have to switch it all off. So then you can kind of feed back into that system in a very big way, which is again, what I did. I had blinkers on for eight years straight, which then meant I needed a full year off, not a holiday for two weeks, not a, just a break. I needed a full year to completely recharge Decompress, myself reset, and completely. Yeah. Yep, yep, and yep. my, my suggestion would be then don't wait until you get to that point where you need a full year off feed back into your system a little bit more so it doesn't get to that breaking point mm. place. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place uh, to... Um, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It's all good. Did you want to do politics or religion? No, thank you. Divine consciousness? Or did you want Ooh. to delve into anything deeper or no? Over and out. But I will take that on board and I appreciate the concern. I yeah, just, do. yeah, Sid, I honestly do. I, I, I shared this to you on the phone the other day yeah. is that I, I don't want you to be another statistic and it happens quickly. You know, stress is a, and chronic stress mm. is an absolute parasite on the body's mind, the body's physiology, mm. and it can wear away shit very quickly. So, mm. but yeah, let's. Leave it there. How do we end this on a positive All right. note? So that? what has to happen is you guys need to put your heads together. You now need to ask the question for next week's guest. It can be any random question. You made me do this ages ago. My question was terrible. It was like, yeah. when are Carlton going to win a grand final? I've got a game. question. Oh, nice. Here we go. What is your favourite pastor and why? <laughs> <laughs> what if they don't go to church? Oh, Jesus. Oh, you're talking about the Italian wheat. Linguini. Linguini. <laughs> yeah. Fettuccini, Lamborghini. Spirali. Actually, do you want to know how I'm going to own a Lamborghini? Yes. This will be a fun I one. I do because I'll obviously need to take it for a drive. Okay. I've always said that I will – Glenn's just exiting to go for a piss. So <laughs> he's gone. He's, gone. he's, he's, left, he's definitely left the building. He's driving away. <laughs> Um, now that he's gone, we can actually start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to sound, I know my parents don't listen to this podcast. So well, uh, they would. Mum might, dad definitely doesn't. It's not like you live in the same state. I'm sure they would. No. Dad could care less about podcasts. And an interesting thing about dad the other day. Brian. 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 Um, I, Christmas time. This mm. is completely off topic. Definitely our Christmas in Victoria or, or yours in Yeah, we're, we're, WA. we're weeks when behind over in, in WA. Is it? <laughs> this is a really interesting thing with Dad and I think, did I share this with you? We had conversation over Christmas and there was jealousy. Did I use that? No. No, I'm sorry. So, no, no, no. Um, Dad and I have had a weird friendship, relationship. It's a dadship. Dadship over the years. No dadship's normal. No, 
but I've always felt that or or friendship. It's the it's that blend as you mature and you. True, but I don't know. I I wouldn't call dad a mate per se. In that I hope that I'm going to be friends with my girls. I get to spend a lot more time with them, so that kind of camaraderie kind of develops more. I would say. While this is on air, my dad's one of my best mates. <laughs> Let's compare. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 dad's not someone I'd call up and say, "Hey, do you want to go for a beer?" Mm. Kind of thing. But he's been there for every major event in my life. I always credit him for the inc- ridiculous work ethic he put into his life to provide the incredible life I had growing mm. up. I take all of those traits from him. But I also understood after his comment of go and do your France trip that there needs to be a bit of balance here. Yeah. And he realised that he probably spent too much time away from us yeah. and maybe that's a reason why there's not that absolute closeness. And it's definitely grown over the years more so. But I felt always that there was this kind of he never classified what I did as a real job. Okay. And I, I always had this weird feeling, and I've shared it many times with Ames, and she was like, you should have the conversation with your dad. Like, talk to him, say, do you, are you, like the whole, every son wants, I just want my dad to say he's proud of me. You know, yeah, Like, what course. you've done, mate, you've of done great, well, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. But I've never felt, not that I don't think he's proud of me, but he just, it's like, who, you're not a business, like not a business owner, go and get a, go and get a job kind of thing. So that might just become from the fact that he's always been an employee. He's never yep. he's never wanted to and never had a dream to run a business kind of thing. So I just had this feeling that he always just like was go and get a real job kind of thing. But I thought, I felt that it was coming from a place of jealousy in that I had ultimate flexibility with my life from running be compared to, kids. to be there with the kids and got the facilities to live the life you want, holidays, whatever. Yeah, And so we were doing all those things. We got to travel and we got to do all of those mm. amazing things, many more than we got to do as kids. Like we weren't poor but we weren't well off. Like we had enough to feed us and things but we didn't go on many big holidays or things like this whereas Amy and I have been very lucky to do a lot of travel and even take Amelia on that trip and all these kind of things. And so there was this sense of jealousy that I felt anyway and it blew up at Christmas at the Christmas table. Just yeah, gone. This year? Because oh. we went so back this to... this is fresh. Quite fresh. Went back to Melbourne. This is delicious. <laughs> we went back to Melbourne. I, I've it heard was, about this. Yeah, it was yeah. you. I was like, I know I've shared this with someone. So I went back to... This is Glenn. Yes. I'm back. He's back. Um, Refreshed. <laughs> so over the dining um, table, I can't... What was the conversation? I can't remember what we were talking about at the particular point in time. Sorry. But there was this kind of... I finally bit back at dad. Like I, I didn't just let him keep going with the kind of flow of the conversation that he was saying. And Amy's always what been. What was the flow? That's, I can't remember what we were actually talking about, but it was something that we butted heads with mm. that like I disagreed with him and he disagreed with my stance kind of thing. We have very differing views on politics, my father and I. Um, That's okay. Which I've come to learn though. I always thought he was a bit left of centre, uh, left of the pitler political stance, a bit a bit of a lot, and, and I, I am, I would say I am as well, mm-hmm. but he's very left. Okay. And I've come to learn more about that kind of, anyway, it's besides the point. But um, I felt, and I bit back at this, and I can't, again, I can't remember what the topic was over, mm-hmm. but he then got back and said, 
it probably comes because I'm jealous of you. And it floored me. Or was that an email I sent, was it? That's how we were discussing it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I won't read that now, but yeah, okay. It, if you're part of my daily emails, I've already spoken about this. No, no, no. It's just between. Oh that, oh, that was all right. That's right. I sent it to you. That's right. Um, it might have gone out on the daily reel. I think I got that as well. Um, I may have sent it on to a few people too. And there was, <laughs> there was a sense that I wasn't crazy then, mm. that there was this feeling that he is a bit jealous of the fact that I've got the dream home, I've got the dream life, I've been out of travel, I've been out of – and do it in a, in a way that – he didn't. Doesn't involve working 90 hours. Doesn't work involving yeah, yeah, working yeah. crazy hours and being servant to someone else mm. or something else. Yeah. Um, and I was so floored by that comment I didn't get to respond. Yeah. Because I just like, oh, okay, cool, and conversation was ended. So I'm going to use this point. If my parents do listen to this podcast and they're an hour and 40 minutes they're into asleep. it. <laughs> they're asleep. I want to say to my father through this podcast, and this is then going to be into the ether for the rest of our lives, is that I am so proud to be his son that he has done so much for me as a as a human being in life that I wouldn't be the the drive that I have and I wouldn't be the parent that I am to my girls without his input. And all I say to him is I wish that he didn't see it from a place of jealousy but saw it from a place of pride. Success, yeah. Yeah, yep. in that he bred a successful human being to well, bo- do bo- it in a different way. Both your parents have done amazing. Absolutely. I shouldn't, yeah, for shouldn't. You, <laughs> with for you, you and your to sister. be where you are with, yeah, both, both you and, and your sibling, you, you've both done incredibly well and it's a credit to them. That, that's, that's my main point is like mm. I, I think he doesn't classify his own parenting that created that. Like he just sees this individual, yes, he's my son, but he's an individual that isn't doing it how I planned he should have done it. So therefore, what's he doing with his life? He should go and get a real job kind of mentality. Is it, no, everything that made me that entrepreneurial work ethic, drive, all those came from him and my mother as well, who worked a job for 35 years she hated, dealt with customer support on Telstra's phone lines. If you got ref- – I don't know if it still works this way. Have you got a number? I've actually <laughs> got a bit of an issue with my Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Mum's well and truly retired. But I don't know if it still works this way. If you have an outstanding bill with Telstra or a phone bill, as a mortgage broker, does that come up on your system and go, oh, you've got an outstanding bill, we can't write you a loan until that's done? Does that still work that way in some way, shape, or form? Uh, we're delving into credit files, and depends on how late the payment yeah. is. Yeah. So my mother was the person on the end of the Telstra line that your bank or a, a broker had said, "Oh, there's an outstanding bill. You need to go and deal with that before we can do this." Yeah. So Mum had Defaults. to deal with people yelling at her all day. You're getting rid of my dream home because you've got this stupid $15 bill. You should just get rid of it. And she, for 35 years, dealt with that. Yeah, that's intense. And and so, again, to their credit. If, ironically, if people dealt with their own shit for 35 <laughs> years, should be out of a job. Yeah. But. Yeah. But, yeah, I just want to say, Dad, I love you. <laughs> Two, it's because of your parenting and mum's parenting that has created me that has then 
allowed me to live this incredible life that I do get to live every single day. And I say thank you. Like just cruising around doing podcasts in the dream. <laughs> I mean, it is. Like, and I, I comes back to that point of I feel so guilty sometimes. Like I pester you blokes sometimes, like, fuck, I haven't responded. Not realizing that you guys live a different life to me and I'm on a different timeline to you guys. And so, of course, I'm very empathetic to that, but someone like, oh, hasn't replied to me. It's, it's been yeah, I, I, I actually had a bit of humour. I, I, I didn't respond to Adam for a couple of days from a text he sent. I, I actually think he was... Um, Aggressive? I think he was ordering a coffin. I think he thought I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> it so, was. So he hasn't texted her back. Well, this is it. That's, that's, He's done. that's all it. over. That's obviously I've said my... Lucky I said what I needed to say. Yeah, it's obviously the end of that story, but um, yeah. There you go. That's a good end. It is. Um, I think it's positive. How about round it up? I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for your, both of your friendships. Happy birthday for next week. Thank you. Um, how old is Glenn turning? I forgot. I'm 25. For numbers. 25 for the 15th year in a row. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> um, yeah, if people are still with us on this podcast, I thank you oh, for. I doubt it. <laughs> um, We're still here. Yeah. I genuinely want to do more of these. Yeah. I don't know if it's a monthly thing. That's Is probably... it because we are so informative? I think it's been great. Have I you think... enjoyed I know you said this was weird, this is different, this is unique, but have you enjoyed it? Well, I haven't fallen asleep, so. <laughs> I no, it's been a good. Lot of stuff it actually, it's been really, very good. Have you benefited from it? Of course. Yeah. The time spent, topics spoken. Yes. So out of my comfort zone. <laughs> and I think that's a good thing. Progress is made from wearing leaving these the cool headphones. Zone. We are very cool with these headphones. Some of us. Any final words? Uh, I suppose for me it's just thank you guys for obviously today but it's actually pretty special knowing like you all go through life having multiple friends and, you know, acquaintances and things like that but it's actually an achievement getting to the stage where like what you've said, Adam, which scares the shit out of me, that we've had a effectively a 30-year relationship <laughs> Um, and we're still as strong as ever and we continue to be as close as we have been right from the start. That That's um, – I, I don't have any words for that. It's just very humbling to be honest. Awesome. Matthew, final words? Uh, nothing from me. i um just happy to be part of this, happy to be with you guys today. Um Awesome to pick Glenn up from work and surprise him to have an afternoon off. I hope it hasn't been too much chaos in your absence. But um, no, awesome to catch up with you guys. Always is. Love you both. Awesome. Well, I will be back in Melbourne in June. So maybe if we can wrangle it for another one then, another couple of bottles of wine. What are you doing then? Well, the winter ball's coming up. Get You, you, know, you can't get your tickets because they're exclusive. But anyway, that's it. <laughs> Actually, to that point, I actually asked my um, client if I could put how exclusive I might sell mine. <laughs> no, you can't. Oh. They're actually to your name, so you can't get rid of them. Do you There's know how many? Plenty of Matthew Whites. I was going to say. Well, how many Matthew Whites yeah, do you know? How many Matthew Whites around the world? They weren't cheap tickets. 
Nah, we'll go. <laughs> um, guys, again, thank you so much for you guys being part of it. To you guys, if you're still listening, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope it was uh, of some value uh, to you. This is just three blokes who have been friends for a long time, just having a chat and catching up. And uh, I thank you for being part of the uh, the story. So if there's nothing else, one last ASMR with a pour of the final bit of wine. On the on the table. On the table. Yeah. Um, yeah. Read about it. Are we all good? We're done. All right, guys. I love you all. I'll see you next week.